Chudo, aka Cola Champagne Poppy, aka Poppy two times, two times, aka Jose Olivares, I forgot AKA. AKA Stage with Wolves, aka uh, 312, aka 773. Stage with uh, Wolves? Yeah. That's my favorite. Yeah, where did that? I feel like, man, are those new? Yeah, you know, I just, I just think about this sometimes. <laughs> By myself, I'm like, oh, when's the next time we're recording? I'm just gonna jot down, jot down some names. AKA stays with wolves. And you did, I think, a much better job than I did last uh, time on the fly, just trying to come up with new ones. Well, you, yours yeah. came right out. Mine was like, well, you, uh, hit, you hit me with the AKA, so I was robot. like, right, I'm ready. <laughs> robot. And then you dissed, was it Bill Pullman? Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman. It's terrible, we can't remember. Look, I did yeah, not. I was call him Ben. Throw Bill Pullman. Yeah. yeah. I was, was like, what was his name? Ben. You said that you just Ben Pullman. <laughs> <laughs> if Bill Pullman listened to the podcast, he is. I mean, I think he's stopped at this point. <laughs> Why would you come back? You know what I mean? At this point, it's abusive. To build moments, no. like you know, this isn't good for me. I mean, we were thoroughly slandered. <laughs> Through slandering Bill Pullman, I slandered Dave Chappelle a good clip. Ooh. We slandered Ice T a little bit. Ice T. Yeah. Yeah. High doses of slander. <laughs> yes. Um, who we're not gonna slander. Uh, we have a really, really incredible guest today. Uh, she's, you know, probably your favorite poet. Uh, if she's not your favorite poet, she's one of your favorite poets' favorite poet. We are so unbelievably excited today to have the one and only Adaselis Girma. In the building! Makes noise! (laughs) Um, And so we're gonna, uh, you know, dip into Adesali's The Life and Times of here in a moment. Uh, But first, we have a very important and pressing question for everybody, and that question is What's on (laughs) your your mind? mind? Yeah. You think we'd have it down by now? No, no. I don't think it's gonna happen. No, never, <laughs> never. That's uh, part of his charm. Yo, John Sands, what's on your mind? So I was at, recently at a really special event at Community Bookstore where there was a release party from an author named Sarah Manguso, uh, and her book just came out, and it's called Three Hundred Arguments, and kind of like on the surface it seems like it's just a list of 300 aphorisms or small quotables but slowly through let me just give you an example for instance on like a random page it just hops back and forth between the well-adjusted seem to distribute their fear across their lives not just keep it in one area so it seems to disappear whatever you're feeling billions already have feel for them Some people will punish you merely for witnessing their weakness, even if they sought you out and asked for help, even if you helped, 
especially if you helped. A woman I knew was so attached to the idea of having a terrible secret, she told me the same secret three times, each time as if for the first time. Some people care most about exhibiting how much they care. Preferable to accepting one's insignificance is imagining the others hate you. And so it kind of like hops back and forth between all of these in a really digestible way. Like I just gobbled it on the train. And I was listening to her Q&A. And at the, the, the quote on the back of the book is, Think of this as a short book composed entirely of what I hoped would be a long book's quotable passages. <laughs> um, and, I, you know, like I'm finishing up my graduate program right now uh, in fiction. And there's a lot of... I, I want to say pressure in a good way from my faculty about like finding the space to write and like making sure that you prioritize the work. And then I went and saw Sarah Manguso, and not to say that this book isn't a tremendous amount of work, but one thing that she really talked about was how she wrote this book thinking about how much she wished she could write the 800-page novel that she really wants to be writing, or like mm. that there's mm. this other larger book that somehow she equates with success. Mm. And these small passages in this book that I find tremendously valuable got written almost in like the space of the breakdown from the thing that she thought she should be writing and wasn't Mm -hmm. and she was like honestly whenever I sit down and I try to write that novel it begins to feel like homework Mm -hmm. and I've been thinking a lot about that at a time in my life where I'm really trying to I don't know create more spaces where I can actually write and have fun doing it and spread out and be adventurous and see what happens and I think part of that trial and error is that I've had a lot of times where I'm like man this structure I've set up made it feel like homework and made it not feel fun and not that good things don't come out of that but like I'm I'm really trying to figure out how to write consistently produce the things that I want to and also have it feel like like a place like I'm writing from a place of excitement and I don't really have an answer to that because I you know every even as I say that I feel myself being like I've sat down making myself sit down and then within 20 minutes I was excited (laughs) and so I don't think it's that excitement has to bring you to the page but I want to find spaces that like can get me there and I think negotiating what feels like homework and what feels like necessity is something I'm thinking about do you do y'all ever feel like that when you're writing? Yeah. Like you're, like what's your negotiation with I should be versus I, I want to be? I mean, I like especially in terms of this novel um, thing that she's struggling with. Sarah Manguso mm-hmm. that she's struggling with, like being in Mississippi and writing this like non like, creative nonfiction novel. Like I went down there to write about Emmett Till. And, like, midway through it, like, through a year of, like, researching and writing and trying to find, like, the way I would want to say it, because I wanted to write it from the perspective of one of his murderers. And every time I went to sit and write it, like, I would feel physically ill. Mm. I'd be like, I can't do this, Mm. you know? And it wasn't like, I can't do it. Like, I know I can write it. Like, I know it would get writ, but every time I was just like, nope, I feel, like, this feels violent, you know? Um, and it doesn't feel, and it took me a while to like 
get the logic of like, oh, I'm not just being uninterested in working. I really like working. Mm. I'm uninterested in this work. Because it, it mm. just seems not productive and it's not the book I want to read. But it took me a year to get that, you know? Because mm. I would mm. sit down and be like, Ugh, I feel ill, but I shouldn't feel ill. Let me, like, write. Because that's, like, the constitution that I built up. Of, like, I need to write. I need to write. This is the work. I need to write. But, yeah, I don't know. You have to get, like, your emotional intelligence, like, gauge, you know? If you feel, like, gross about it, that's information, you know? I, and, and that's a very different feeling than, like, oh, I feel kind of tired or, oh, I don't really want to write today. But... When it comes to, like, oh, I don't really want to write today, but I'm going to do it, um, that's a very different feeling. And it usually just means I need to read more before I'm writing. If I feel kind of like, my brain's not really there, then it's like, oh, I should pick up a book and just read for an hour before I do that shit. But I think there's such, like, a, a or go see a movie or something, like, fill up mm. the tank. But, um, I don't know, I'm really struck by this idea of, like, um, that big book is my success book. Where it's like, no, that that book is your success. Like, bigness is such an odd thing. Like, why does the 800-page novel have to be your success book? Like, that might just be too many pages. Like, you might have really done it with this guy. But I think I think there's this myth. I think there's this myth that, like, I wrote a big book, and I did a good thing, and I'm so disciplined and thoughtful. My imagination is 800 pages long. It's like... <laughs> Okay, you know, you you good, like you good at. But it's it also so impressive. It what, is so impressive. It is yeah, impressive. Yeah, like when you hold this like a like a full novel in your hands and you yeah. read it, you're. I mean, it. You're impressed. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm impressed. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm thinking about how a lot of that to me feels like it's tied to like how I want to be perceived. Sure. You know what I mean, like. Part of the reason I think why people read Infinite Justice so that they can, like, mention it to people so they can be like, what's up, by the way, <laughs> you want to ask me what I read, what I'm reading, you want to know, mm-hmm. can I tell you? Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I'm reading Infinite Justice I'm like a genius, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I'm a genius. <laughs> and I, and I, I think part of what I'm feeling from what you're saying, John, is that, like, there are times where I, like, sit down to write the poems I think I should be writing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they they just are very flat. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, they're filled yeah. with things that I already know. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas sometimes, like, I sit down and, like, and, like I, I'm able to let that go and I write something that ends up becoming something that I really love, something yeah. that I uh, enjoy a lot. But I, it's hard... At this point, it's hard for me to tap into that because I think that I am very concerned a lot of times with how I'm perceived like with whether or not I'm perceived as like a productive worker with like do I seem disciplined do people think that I'm about my business do people think that I'm reading like do you know what I mean like I'm and and I I don't know how to like let go of that like wanting to be perceived in a particular way it makes me think too about what you're saying and I don't know Sarah Mangusto's work very well I've read like snippets here and there but um of different registers like it makes me think there's some things that come out as like scraps for a nest mm-hmm. and like that is a structure and there's some things that come out with like a kind of momentum or focus that ends up feeling like I don't know a mountain and there's stuff but allowing for those different registers to be useful there's something about the these 300 arguments that remind me of like a net 
I mean, just from what you've read, a structure that feels nest-like or made up of pieces, and then there are some things. And it makes me wonder about um, how much time or space there is to let myself be in different registers or surprised by different modes of writing or periphery or... You know what I mean? Like that... It, it. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're recording live in Brooklyn in case you can't tell. Uh, I have a broken window in my apartment that uh, we use a, this a group of, of people there. Alright, let's allow the environment in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I think I, there is something about I can't get my professors out of my head that are like, look, I didn't tell you what the work was supposed to look like. Mm. Just told you to get in front of the paper, like to get the pen and get the paper and to see what happens, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so there's something to just sitting down and being like, you know, nobody told you you had to write an 800-page novel when you sat down. You might be writing these small scraps, you know, mm-hmm. that become a nest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there is a joy to that discovery, and I, and I guess it's similar to, like, anything else that, you know... I don't know if I go for a run or something like that. I like desperately don't want to do it. <laughs> and then like three minutes into it, I'm like, oh, I'm doing. You know, like this is this is no longer a choice. This is what I'm doing. And now there are joys in this moment that I could not have had uh-huh. from my like anticipation of this moment. Yeah. So I think it is something. I, I think that's the part. I'm not rebelling against the idea of work. I don't think. I think I'm learning this yeah. right now, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I think I rebel against the idea of work when I have a too specific conception of what that work is supposed to look like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that's the shit I don't want to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I don't want to write that story right now, so I'm not even going to sit down at all. Yeah. <laughs> but if you sit down and let your rebellion manifest itself yeah. in some other mm-hmm. form, then it can be really rewarding. I, uh, and you know what's so interesting, like, with... Because that, that was the problem I was having. I was like, this is not the book I want to write. But I couldn't own up and say that. So I would just mm-hmm. avoid writing it altogether. You know, then I, I love how what you're saying, like, let the rebellion manifest productively, pretty much. You know, it's like... or And really what that is, too, is, like, trusting your rebellion. Like, trusting that, like, oh, I don't want to write it. So what will I want to write? Like, I think of shit, you know? I read shit. Like, something's going to come. And then trusting that something's going to come. Yeah. Let's, let's pause for just a second and let me just try to do that. <laughs> and I can edit this part out. Beautiful. <laughs> They're filming something. In- oh, really? Boo. That's what's up. They they have their own podcast going. I don't like it. I don't like it either. <laughs> I'm just like, How can you not like it? It's just like you don't like why I They're like trying to get. They sound like teenagers. Are they teenagers? I don't think they're teenagers. I mean, I'm like, I'm like roller skates. What's yeah. roller skates? <laughs> I mean, oh, they're roller blades. I was never good at roller blades, but I was so good at roller skates. Yep. And skates is the four, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The roll of two, two and the roll of two. two. Mm-hmm. Like, just so that you know. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> this is what the skate He was very serious. He's yeah. like, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But did you think, because they are the roll Lanes have four too. Yeah. yeah. So you were like, let me let me clarify. Yeah, yes. The order of the four yeah. before yeah. I take this bite. Yeah, no, it was very important. Yeah, because so when I was growing up, we would play sports together on the block, and like when we got bored of baseball or basketball, we would try any sport we could, and so we would try mm-hmm. hockey, and uh, 
we didn't have hockey sticks, so we would use baseball bats. Oh my and god! Roller skates. <laughs> And for a second, I was the best hockey player on the block because I was the fastest on roller skates. But then everybody else advanced their technology. They got rollerblades. And then I was like, once again, <laughs> the slowest on the block. So it was, it was very heartbreaking for Were me. Were people getting hurt all the time? No. We just weren't. That we weren't even. Bats and roller skates. Yeah, you'd think so, but we weren't good enough, and we didn't have uh, a hockey puck. Uh, we wait. had a, like a tennis ball, and so. Oh my god. So we'd just be chasing around a tennis ball, and we didn't really have a net. We just had like <laughs> two pieces of trash, and that was the goal. <laughs> so the more the story progresses, right, the more I'm able to see that this is something was not hockey. It was right, not hockey. Like, yeah. We didn't really have skates. Yeah. Right. I had like shoes with a little painted right. on them. <laughs> <laughs> we were just <laughs> we didn't have baseball bats either. We, we would just grab the tennis ball right. and run. <laughs> Pick it up and run. It was more like we thought. I didn't have friends, it was just me. <laughs> <laughs> this progresses. That's why I was the best. Yeah, I wasn't even running. I was crying. I was crying uncontrolled. Like, <laughs> we call it hockey. Is, uh, <laughs> that's what I called it. Oh no, that's so sad. <laughs> Uh, I'll say, what's on your mind? <laughs> well, now I'm thinking about hockey. <laughs> um, loneliness. Yeah. loneliness. Yeah, yeah. Loneliness and crying and running, yeah. That's, that's the name of something. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking about uh, migration. Mm-hmm. Um, have y'all been reading the Academy of American Poets? I've been, this whole week, they like publish these poems by writers who have migrated in their lives or mm. come from immigrant families. Um, Chen Chen wrote one of the poems and... uh love his work. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. I haven't read his new book yet, but I have been meaning to get it. But he wrote a poem and I, you know, I love the poem and then, you know, they published like a little blurb by the author about the poem. Mm. So he was saying that he was tired of migration stories that just kind of glorify America as this like land of opportunity and don't talk about like all the fear and like the pain of like leaving this place that you love or where your loved ones are even if you don't like necessarily love the place right Mm -hmm. and so I've been thinking about that in terms of like this like this move that I made to Chicago and how I feel like this pressure that now I'm like at a new job and I'm like making a little bit more money and so like I have to like like this like I need to take an even bigger step forward you know what I mean and like thinking about like my family story you know what I mean and like my parents and and how in their own immigration to the United States and I guess I've just been thinking about all of the pressures similar to what we were just talking about right like I I think that there's like a lot of pressure that I kind of like add to something that is not that I'm like putting there myself um so I'm just thinking about moving and and how you know like it's okay to like take some time and figure things out it, it, I like have not been giving myself that space I've been like very much like oh I have to be like great now like I moved everything <laughs> I have to be great everything yeah. has to be amazing or yeah. else why did I move right yeah, I mean and that's a lot of pressure boo like that's a yeah, that in and of itself that sentence is a lot of pressure <laughs> yes, but you know yeah. like you and I really share this like I cause right now I feel I was telling my friend this and my therapist this was like I feel a little homeless right now just mm. a slight homelessness you know like mm-hmm. I'm not without a home it's not real I'm fine but I feel very like transient 
and I, you know, decided that was a bad thing for mm-hmm. me. It was like, oh, you got, you know, some of your stuff in Mississippi, and you got some of your stuff in New York, you got some of your stuff in L.A., and it's like, you know, physical stuff, but also, like, you know, emotional stuff, mm-hmm. and I decided that this was, like, so terrible, and I'm terrible, because, mm-hmm. but then I was like, but it could also be, like, really fun, and fly for real and like i can i could freak this you know like the moment you decide like oh word i don't i mean i have a couple reasons why i moved but like i'll find out why i moved more as i'm here it's it's a hard shift though especially when like i don't know we already put so much pressure on ourselves like as you know products of our parents as products of like this industrial thought Mm -hmm. where it's like I, everything I do has to be a step forward, you know. But yeah. forward into what? Like yeah. forward where? Where's where are we going? But you also, know? I think we have in these moments of transition a rubric for the fact that because I made a full-hearted choice about a, you know something that would be good for me in my life, mm-hmm. that it <laughs> follows that a hundred percent of my emotions, which are you know of course characterized by how much they fluctuate. Are going to follow and create this like perfect uh, environment because I made a good decision. Yeah, you know, like I, I think about that. I mean, that was like the number one hurdle in love for me. Is I'd be like, oh man, I'm like moving forward with this person. I love it. And then you'd have one day where you'd be like, oh, I'm unhappy or I'm sad or I'm disappointed or whatever it is. And you're like, I'm not supposed to feel like that (laughs) if I am doing this thing that's good for me. Thus, this thing must not be as good for me as I thought it was. Mm. It's all a lie. Yeah. And there's some patience to it. Even moving to New York for me. And I think for a lot of people I've talked to, I knew wholeheartedly that that was that there were a lot of things I wanted to get done. And that this was the place where it would happen. And my first year here was characterized by loneliness. Mm. As I think many people's are as you try to find out your spot in somewhere. And I would imagine that returning to a home that you hadn't been in since you were a kid, you know? And, like, returning as a grown-up... It's crazy. ...presents this feeling like it should be familiar, you know? But you're still, like... I think anyone who moves to a place has a very difficult time off the bat that is that doesn't get spoken about that often, even when it's a really important, healthy move. Uh, Z. Hi. What's on your mind? Okay, so right now, um... <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell that Aziza was prepared? <laughs> Aziza did the same move John did last episode. Yeah. Aziza when said, okay, well, there really are two different ways of having something on your mind. There's like the slow plotting towards like, think this is on my mind, and there's... And normally I'm like, man, what's on my mind? Yeah. I don't know. Let me like go find it out here. Yeah. This one's like, no, this is... It's impressive. So like, I'm staying. <laughs> I'm staying um, with my partner at this Airbnb that's like outrageously close to John's crib, which I find so beautiful. Yes. You know, to like, like inside of it. Yeah, it's here. I'm, I'm <laughs> actually here. Like I'm. Hamish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so we're at the spot, and it's um, uh, this like musicians. Spot. So there's like these big drums that we're not allowed to touch or 
play with, and they've hidden the drumsticks. <laughs> like you can't play with my drumsticks. They don't even want to tempt you. They're like, that this is cool. not for you. You know, <laughs> like this is my stuff, but I can't hide it here. So mm. I just have to impose it. And there's like a big piece of chocolate cake on the yeah. counter, and they're mm-hmm. like, don't eat the cake. Don't either. eat the cake. <laughs> don't do it. it there. It's not for you. This I'm, is my cake. This is what this house is to me. And they hid the fork. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Try to eat this cake all out. You really, you know. Um, but everywhere in this house is this musician's like stuff, like the paraphernalia, obviously. But they're like um, CDs for their music is just like casually on the table, and like all their posters for all their concerts, only theirs. Like no musicians that they like, no other shit. Like you know, in your house you might have like I don't know a Frida Kahlo poster or something. This is just him. Like this is just him everywhere, and he has these like. And so every poster he hangs up, if you look closely, all the pins are like these engraved cutouts of his face and his band name. All the all the push pins, every single one, like it is entirely his face. And I'm like talking to my partner. I'm like, I feel like this is propaganda. Like I feel like I'm being coerced (laughs) to listen to this man's music. And like you know, even though like we can't play the drums, there's just such an offering of like only his music everywhere. So I've been thinking about that a lot because we were thinking like, okay, is this like a huge ruse? Like, oh yeah, stay at my Airbnb and like look at all my stuff, and you can't not listen to my music after all this inundation. Wow. It feels like commercials everywhere. Have you done a marketing plan? I can't. I can't do it yet. I'm like, I know I'm being gotten here. <laughs> now I'm like at the precipice. And I might do it tonight. I'm, I'm so curious. Yeah, like, it's, already, it's already worked on me. Right? Yeah. See? And like, I want to know. You know, I'm not going to say like his name. Yeah, I'm not you gonna don't get no spot. free publicity. You don't. <laughs> you don't. I don't you got. Because the thing is, too, is unless that... Unless you're like, good, that unless one, that tweet it out. And that's the thing, right? Like, <laughs> I have a feeling, I have just a feeling, um, I could be wrong, that it is not very good. This <coughs> is the feeling I have. Why do you have this feeling? I have this feeling because, um, all right, and I love reggae music. I really do. <laughs> but, <laughs> that is literally the last thing I thought you were about to say. <laughs> but this, this, this particular manifestation of reggae in in the branding choices that I'm seeing, in um. I don't know, there's like a poster in which like he has on this you know, very large knit hat that, you know, this and but then in the bedroom there are like fifty knit hats. Like it's not just like these are my hats or whatever. It looks like this is another presentation of selfhood. Like mm-hmm. you you've hidden everything pretty meticulously that you needed to hide or whatever. But these hats, though, are, like, everywhere. And it's, and it's like, there's these, you know, highly Selassie Ethiopian flags. And, like, it, it's just very... It feels like another propaganda move. Like, not just your work, but your Rastafarian-ness. Like, mm. I have to also buy into it. Mm. And, and I do. But it's like, okay, it's a bit much. And it made me think, too. I was like, wow. And he has a poster up. Of, like, all the work he needs to do to get the album out, you know? So it's, like, little post-its, like, you know, rehearsal from this time to this time and, like, call these people and, like, great reminders, you know? And I thought, like, wow, for this art that I might not like, so much effort has to go into it, you know? Like, the same amount of effort, if not more, than I'm putting into mine has Mm. to go into it. And I still might not like it, like, you know? I don't Mm. know. I've been thinking a lot about effort... Aesthetic, 
and and just like taste because you know like I work really hard really really hard and I could work so hard and like make this book just for someone to be like not into it you know and not that's not the reason I'm doing it but if that's the result and someone picks it up and is like yeah not for me that's like a victory too like for me to listen to this guy's music and be like oh yeah you know not my not my steez it just it still validates all the things that you did to get there so I'm thinking about this man and his sounds and I'm probably gonna listen to it tonight cause but I just I feel I feel a little um like advertising worked on me and, mm. it, and it's annoying me right mm. now I can see why you would think that you might not like it mm. it's, it feels similar to if someone hits me up via Facebook messenger mm. and I don't know them but they're sending me a YouTube video you know of them reading poems I'm not saying I'm not gonna like it it just feels like by and large I'm not gonna like it yeah you know, yeah. I'm kind of. There decided. are kinds of promotion that make you seem like you might not connect with the art that it's promoting. Especially when, okay, I will say, it does feel just a bit insecure at this point. <laughs> it's like dog. Although it's his house, so. I, know, I gotta think it's his house. Okay, y'all don't carry push pins with your face on it. No, <laughs> that's my thing. It's your house. I feel you in my house? Like I don't know. Like other people exist. Like in yeah. the world, or, and it manifests. <laughs> in at what point? At what point did you think? At what point did you feel like somebody was that you were inside of a commercial and advertisement? Like when I saw the pushpins, push it was the pushpins, mm-hmm. and then when I noticed that everything hung up was hung up by a pushpin, that was the same pushpin on his face. Mm-hmm. That was a bit much. Like things that there are a few pictures that have nothing to do with his face or his brand, but then you see the little pushpin, and I was like. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe they were expensive. They look kind of expensive to me. Like, <laughs> I get it. They were custom designed. <laughs> Weirdly, that's like the meanest thing you've said to a church. I don't know. I mean, who knows? Maybe they were expensive. You know, I will give him that. Yo, I, I think this is the thing that like I'm coming more into myself about is that I'm, I'm a very shady person no, when I it comes mean, to. I, don't I am. It's true. Like I, I'll see a thing and in my head I'll be like, I'm not. This is not. This is a Facebook message of a YouTube video right now. I can't. I'm, I'm, I can say I'm not gonna click on that. You know. <laughs> Send me a Facebook message with just about anything. I'm probably not gonna open that. And you're also paying to be there. I mean, there's something that, that feels that. like potentially, and I think I'm a stubborn person in some ways. There's something mm. that feels potentially bossy about it. Like mm. this, my eyes are gonna look, and that they have to keep looking at the same things. Yeah. I mean, I feel, like, I feel that way on the subway, at yeah. least, where I'm like, mm. absolutely, oh, you know, like, <laughs> like, you know, the instant oatmeal signs or the mm. weird doctor. The Oscar ads. Is that with the plastic surgeon? Oh, no. I just feel like bombarded and offended. <laughs> and I'm like, I pay taxes to, and I paid money to get on the subway and mm-hmm. look at all of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. It's, that's, I, that's I, what I, I guess that I, yeah. Element of what you're saying. Yeah. I also wonder about what kind of person wants to be in a place just like surrounded by their face. That you know? too. There's so many questions I have, uh-huh. you know? Because it does feel a bit like I'm walking on the subway and it's just the ads for the YouTube people, like over and over and over. And I'm just like, okay, I'll go on YouTube. Like, I'll, I'll do it. You know, I'm probably going to do it. But this is just like. I, you like seeing your own face. You want me to share and seeing your own face. And also, like, I, 
I would be kind of embarrassed just to see my own face everywhere in my house. Like, yes, be like, I but especially if I'm letting people in and then yeah. I'm like, oh no, like, look. There's like <laughs> 15 paintings yeah. of me up on the wall. Like, oh, I'm not self-obsessed. No. I'm just, you know. I not just, at all. I, this is just what I think is high quality art. Yeah. You know what I'm Have you seen his face? Did you meet him? No, I didn't meet Because that would be amazing if it actually wasn't him. Yeah. Oh, it's like That's fatal attraction. Yo. He's like, he's like, I'm a really big fan of this band. (laughs) I have their drum set. I need. Or if you press play on something and it's just like, ha ha. (laughs) Not music at all. It's just like, gotcha, got you. Yeah, wow. Wow. Or you book it again next time you come back and it's all your face. First question of the interview. What's on your mind? Wow. Um Okay. <laughs> <laughs> At first I was like, oh my god, what's on my mind? But I can say, um, um I've been thinking a lot about birth, and I've been um, following this line of a poem. I have no idea what's happening with it, but it's got me um, thinking about wolves. You said, AKA. Stays with wolves. Stays with wolves. <laughs> yes. Um, thinking about wolves and um, how wolves give birth. Mm-hmm. So I've been thinking about how the um, female wolf, when she's about, to, when she knows that she's gonna give birth soon. Maybe you guys know this. My sister, I told her yesterday, and she know. was like, you didn't know that? But they um, they dig a den, sometimes with help, I think, oftentimes by themselves, or what it, this is what I've been finding in the research, and um, they labor by themselves and uh, in the darkness of the den, and each little wolf is born in its own sack, and it's completely sightless. And I think it might also not be able to hear, but it can mm. smell. Um, and she licks it. She licks everything. She licks herself clean. She licks them clean. She um, and there's something I've, for whatever reason, I've been thinking of, like the f- the focus of birth or what I perceived as the focus of birthing, and what that might be like to do that in the dirt by yourself and what there is to see or what you know um so that's 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 the honest answer of what i've been do you mean like as opposed to the largely sterilized version of a hospital or yeah i guess i'm just like wow the these every things are doing that all the time in different ways i mean on the other hand i'm gonna give birth the plan is in june um and i've also been thinking a lot about um, um, for since I was thirteen, I've been thinking a lot about like my fear of the work of it and what could go wrong. I've got all these fears around it, and there's something that feels like a an amazing companion to think about the non-human things that birth and the ways that they do it with or without people around them, but like in the in the world. So I guess there's an element that's thinking about the non-sterile part, but also just like the what that work looks like in different bodies is just like I'm just I I was gonna say interested, but that's not strong enough. Like I'm deeply moved hmm. to think about it. You know. Hmm. Yeah. 
birth is so old like that's what strikes me about that it's such an old thing that is done you know like that sounds like um a tradition a wolf tradition that's just been since wolves have been Mm -hmm. and i think about like um human and we just haven't been here that long like human human things but like we've i feel like so thoroughly changed so many traditions around birth Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. you know when i think about like the sterilization of the hospital there's also like such a newness to it it's like now we go to a place and we go Mm -hmm. like ask this guy that we've been getting to know for nine months or so like Mm -hmm. hey will you you know help me out here and here's Mm -hmm. some drugs also (laughs) if you want and like you know it is so many new new things Mm -hmm. new traditions that are coming but that feels mm-hmm. like, you know, nope, this is a good method. Like, this has worked for centuries. <laughs> Many wolves have been born this way. Like, I don't know, there's something that strikes me as very, like, of this earth about it. And I, I mean, I was thinking, too, I, for various reasons, had, had to um, move to another practice. Mm-hmm. And um, I met the doctor I'm now working with for the first time yesterday. Wow. And I was... Um, feeling panicked and anxious um, about like how am I presenting myself like how am I you know all the things about like race and gender and class and all the the fears you have about Mm. taking your body to this stranger um, knowing all of the kind of constructions and how some of the ways that power is working always and wondering how he's going to perceive me and is Mm -hmm. he going to like I could you know, it's visceral, especially with what we know now about how many black women, like the um, how they do, how we do in childbirth, and how many people are, how many people survive, and how that correlates to race and you know pain, pain medication, and black people not being prescribed the same amount of pain medication as white people, and so yeah. all of the. I mean, that's another element too. Is like you can it 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 can be work to get back to the root of like breath and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the effort of the body and the, 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 and I, there there probably is some way that I'm reaching towards the wolf or and I've been I've watched other animals give birth on YouTube just trying to remember like the animal part with um and of course it's impossible to take away all the the human constructions but um, trying to get back to like mm-hmm. the body and the trust of mm-hmm. that. Do you feel like the simple question here might just be like, "What were you like as a kid?" But <laughs> I think a lot about it. That's what you're doing. I think, well, I think a lot about the oh, way wow. you're thinking a lot about wolves. Also, what? What were you like as a kid? Uh, I think a lot about the ways wow. in which being an uncle has like brought me back to in a closer look at my childhood and I think that that might be compounded as a father you know or or as a parent um and like seeing uh these kids who I love in very quiet spaces and like what they do not in the story that we'll tell about them for years when they did like the super cute thing but just seeing like the quiet spaces in which they have their personalities developed and I guess like Here's the question. So let's say you're anywhere between like 5 and 13 
Mm-hmm. And we were looking for you. Where would where would we find you? And what would you be doing? The we being you exactly. The three of us. Yeah. <laughs> like right now. We have like a time machine. Who you are now? Yeah. Or the four of us go back in time together, and you're leading the way. Yeah. And you're like, I don't know where I was this day, but I bet I have a good idea where I might be. Good <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>, question. <laughs> For some reason, it makes me wonder. It makes me want to. It makes me think about you guys, mm. like where you each would think to look, and where you guys would think to look collectively. Mm. Um. Oh gosh, where would you be? Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I might be in like a you know playing a sport somewhere poorly. Playing like street hockey, yeah, <laughs> which isn't really hockey, which, which isn't, isn't really, really hockey. Street. Yeah, clearly, <laughs> 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 I mean, I'd be crying. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be crying. <laughs> <laughs> right, imagining this moment. One day, uh, <laughs> one day, I'll be yeah, I might be. I see. When I think about it, I think about my like big stories, hmm. not my small moments. So, like, my first impression is to be, like, I would be, like, in a fight outside my house. Mm. The, like, one fight I ever got into <laughs> that didn't really even turn into a fight because both of us were, like, is this how a fight works? <laughs> uh, I think we're all right. We're just on the ground. Let's That's go. Uh, <laughs> I think we're all right. Yeah. Let's go. I had fought a kid named Jacob. Mm-hmm. And I think he, like, told on me or something like that. And I had watched the TV show Roseanne. <laughs> And John Goodman was, like, trying to tell somebody that they were in trouble. And from across the room, he goes... And I was, like, badass. So I walked past him on the bus and was, like... (laughs) (laughs) The whistle. And then we got a bite. Did he Uh, hear you? Yeah, but I don't think it really had the desire. <laughs> was he like, oh, are you saying I'm in trouble? Did you just do the John Goodman whistle? Yeah, I saw that episode of Rose. I know what that's in reference to. Oh, no, you're the one in trouble. I know that's what it's in reference to. Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Which is to say, I don't really know the answer. I'm curious. I'm curious. Yeah, I don't know. It's so hard to... Um, Five to thirteen. I don't know. I. It's funny because I can picture my youngest sister. She, I feel like she was always in a tree or digging in like the ground, mm-hmm. like always. But like, and talking to herself. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Except, I mean, I was. Um, I was often dancing. Or, um, we had this, there was a woman, uh, Sister Beth, she was a nun who had gave um, ballet classes after school to kids in the neighborhood, or in Santa Ana. So I was often at ballet class. But when I think about, like, where I was, um, I've, the only, I, I don't know, I've, the way that I think about it is being, um, is watching from um, outside side of something Mm. like I feel like I was kind of like always on the edge like I was I was looking at tadpoles in a creek by my grandmother's in my grandmother's complex or um digging in the dirt looking at roly polies and like underneath the um Mm -hmm. like she had like bricks in her little like patio Mm. she always had gardens wherever like even if it's just like in the house at the one there were bricks at the patio and I was just like pick them up and look forever. I feel I feel like I was 
literally outside a lot, but also um, like do like on the periphery, like looking at edges of things. Does that make mm-hmm. that, like as a was wasness? Mm-hmm. Like it's a great answer. Yeah. But also, so you've always been fascinated with the dirt. I feel like you write about the dirt a fair amount, or at least Kingdom of Amalia dealt so much with the land, mm-hmm. and I guess the latest book more with the water, but like... The this... dirt. Yeah. In fact, I was saying to my partner, I was saying to Rosanna, I was like, this baby, I want the baby's name to be filled with dirt. Hmm. He's like, oh, you know, Versailles is like, yeah, I mean, very different, but he's like, uh, uh, okay, you know. <laughs> um, but I, t- I mean, what, um, yeah, like, I guess it makes me want to ask about companions. Like, I feel like we were moving, like, there's that, like, trans- transience again. We were, my parents split up when I was young, we were moving. Um, always, I felt like I was. We were always on the freeway or um, mm. between things. And there's something I feel at home in a lot of ways in movement mm. um, and in like that hyphen space. Yeah. But I also um, felt like I was looking for constants, mm. like, mm. and that like the dirt and the sky. Like I, I can remember times when I felt utterly rattled by different things that were happening in life and like the knowing that like there's the dirt there's the sky Mm -hmm. they're here like that has felt like um they feel like companions you know in a really like emotional way in a way that I thought was just normal but then I talked to some people and they're like huh like that's God for me or that's whatever Mm -hmm. else but do you know what I mean interesting do you guys have Compa- companions yeah I, I think that's I love that I love yeah. that question because it's making me think about like how that's changed I think for a long time for me the companion was like well if I can find the ocean or like a big mm-hmm. body of water I could live in this place mm-hmm. and so like going to Mississippi was like yikes but mississippi river though like that's a big guy and they have all these like lakes and if i'm near and then like i'm i'm really into astrology i love all that and so for me i found out like in my chart like i need to be near water a lot just to feel like calm like relief Mm -hmm. and so like when i was 17 and moving like for college I was like well I have to be on a coast like I can't Mm -hmm. like even if I don't go there much even I just need to know it's there Mm -hmm. or I get like deeply upset um and that's one that's a big one and then like another one is like if I can make coffee anywhere (laughs) it's like actually a a companion um it's the making it's the making. making or even like you know I loved, because this morning, like, you know, me and my partner got coffee, and I was like, ah, that's nice. But, like, knowing I would be here and that John would make the coffee and, like, the labor of it, um, you know, because it's a very laborious <laughs> coffee maker that you have. <laughs> but just, like, if I can make it, and, like, I can make it pretty much, like, as long as I know I there's a thing to grind the beans with, I feel good. Mm-hmm. But I, I know, like, I know I'll feel well. And I know that, like, okay, word, I put my hands in something, mm-hmm. I made a thing, I'm ingesting the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and coffee feels very dirt to me, mm-hmm. you know, like grinding something up. And yeah, so like having those things. 
And then occasionally, like, it makes me upset, but, like, I do love cigarettes sometimes and, like, the smell of the thing. And I'm trying not to let that be a companion. Cause you it's will like, then? Nah, I don't. But sometimes I will. And that's, like, mm-hmm. a very fun... Anything I can, like, do with my hands or, you mm-hmm. know, sometimes origami stuff. My mm-hmm. mom's really into that. So I would watch her do origami stuff. And I would get very obsessed with, like, oh, if I could do a thing with my hands anywhere mm-hmm. that isn't writing, actually, then I'll be, then I'll be set. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are my guys. Who are your guys? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think. Um, I think there were some things when I like left for college that uh, that I missed that I like sought out. Um, mm-hmm. One was like the smell, like you said, cigarettes, like mm-hmm. particularly of Black and Miles. Yeah, I know. would like where wherever. That's home. Wherever people were smoking those, I was like, all right, I just want to, like, be in the presence. <laughs> it just feels good to, yeah. like, smell this toxic air again. It does. Uh, but you wouldn't smoke, you just want to be... No, I mean, I, I did smoke once. Like, if I was very lonely, I would smoke mm. them occasionally. Mm. But I was I was a very poor smoker, you know what I mean? Like, it, like, hurt my lungs. I was like, uh, maybe not. Maybe not for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but just being in the vicinity... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like for, you know, since since I started writing in high school, like my closest companions have been have been people, have been the people that I like share poems with, have yeah. been like Nate Marshall and Brittany, uh and just like the people that I've been trading stories with since then. Yeah. Um and that's like always when I'm feeling lost, like who I go back to and like who I talk to have been like this cohort of writers that, you know, we found each other young and we've like mm. been writing together. Mm. Mm. Where about you? Oh my uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. was just looking. <laughs> no, I uh I don't you know, honestly I think it's humor. <laughs> yeah. I really feel like that's my like family was built on the muscle of humor and mm-hmm. especially on like one ups one ups kind of humor not not one up in in terms of like competition but like escalation mm-hmm. <laughs> like escalation of communication is something that or like of not communication of humor like i feel like we were a family where i like learned how to workshop before mm-hmm. i knew anything of the literary world because we would make a joke and then be like oh man you know it would have been a lot funnier for that joke <laughs> like immediately after the joke we'd be workshopping the, the joke, joke. Yeah. yeah but I think about the way I mean that's something that I still do to this day and definitely uh, yeah I think it's I think it's people I don't know I mean I, I'm very comforted as well by the dirt and the sky yeah. but I don't know that I consciously thought of that as a kid as like somewhere where I would find peace constancy. I think mm-hmm. yeah like that's I such a good that. word constancy, constancy. yeah, mm-hmm. oh, sounds yeah. Like a name, right? were you writing yes. back then was I writing yeah, yeah well um I mean I guess probably yes but um yeah my grandmother um watched us a lot when I was like young like probably four then nine or ten we were at their, we were at their house a lot and um she I was thinking because we have a, a difficult 
non-existent now relationship, but it was difficult even then. Um, and I've been thinking a lot about all the gifts that, which has been hard to arrive at as a kind of way of seeing her. Um, but she, like, she's the kind of person she, they, they had a small TV. I'm saying she, it was her and my grandfather, but she's like very much like mm-hmm. in charge. Mm-hmm. And they had a TV and they, she would put, um, she put a plant on top of it, but underneath the plant, she would hang um, a piece of beautiful cloth because she didn't want like the energy of the TV to be in the room and she didn't want it. And like, she would only, she would watch her nove- novelas at a certain hour and then like 60 minutes on, you know, the weekend. And, um, and she would look at the plant at commercials and she'd be like, look at the plant. <laughs> like what? if we were with her, she'd be like, look at the plant, don't look at the, and they, they would mute it. And um, oh, wow. and we also we had the tweezers to like pull it, you know turn it on and off because the button was broken. And, mm-hmm. um, and but there's she when she would watch her novella she would have us have quiet time, and she, and I still have I've t- shared this story before but I still haven't asked my brother what he did but I she would put me if there was an outside space um, I would be outside at like a little desk with a pad of just like old papers and you know I'd use the back and like a coffee cup of tons of pens and pencils and it would be I would write she was like now's your time you're gonna write and that was like from the time I could first make sentences mm-hmm. and I do it would be like for an hour and then I'd come in and show her mm-hmm. and my brother was not outside and I, I don't know where what he was doing but they mm-hmm. and they were you know she he was like her love mm-hmm. but um so Always and my mom. I mean, she didn't believe in us being bored. Like that was a bad word. If any, mm. and, like I remember my friends being like, "I'm bored," and I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> "My mom." I remember saying it once, and my mom was like, "Then that is a failure of your imagination." Wow. Or with yeah. all with all this world around you and da da da. You know. Wow. All um, this world. Yeah. yeah. But and she's in t- my mom is really loving and also really like. Sh- quick to fire mm. but she was upset by it you know and so I feel like I was always like I was like you know you see kids I would like make my hand into a circle and like document what was mm. around me or mm. I would so there was always um it was like okay what are you gonna do with what's around you um mm. like how are you gonna like it, there was always a, ma- a kind of like involved in the in the playing and making um yeah I don't know that I would say I was that I was, I wouldn't think of myself as writing or those things as writing until I was in college. But mm. I think there was always that work that was happening. Mm. You know. Wow. Do you remember your first poem where you were like, "This is a poem, and I wrote it." <laughs> um, I j- actually that I was thirteen. I remember that too. Thirteen was a big year. Hmm. I remember that. Yeah, because my aunt gave me this typewriter from her, from the bank. And um, she, I mean, she, they gave it to her. She didn't take it. And she, um, and I wrote this tiny, tiny poem. And it's funny because I had written other things that were just like, like we wrote plays together yeah. at the holiday with all the cousins. And, you know, there was always, also, I have to say, my mom and my mom's side of the, the family. No, they're like, um, they, I've been writing about this. It, I felt so embarrassed, but my they um they were always make, doing routines, but they would have like they had a salsa troupe, and they would practice in the park, 
Yes. Like on the weekends, and there's you know the Pedro Navaja, but yeah, the Pedro Navaja song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Ruben Blades. Yes, by Ruben Blades, where, where there's like the. Bum, bum. What's the chorus? La vida te da sorpresa, sorpresa te da la vida, ay Dios. Yeah, so my mom, she she was um Pedro Navaja, and my aunt was um like his love interest or whatever who ends up killing him in the song mm-hmm. and, but like she I feel like she had a knife she had a fedora for sure my mom and they would just have this boom box and she my mom would come from behind the tree and they would like act out these songs and I was horrified so and embarrassed <laughs> and people like at the park would like so they're like I feel like uh, I don't know like I but, there was always like making on especially mm. with my on my mom's side and so mm. it felt like that was always something that like so when we were all with the, the, the cousins and stuff we would make stuff together and, um the first poem my a, a friend of mine in middle school was going through some heavy heavy stuff that we were sworn to secrecy about but of course it came out and, um i wrote this tiny little square of a poem um about this anonymous girl who was struggling with abuse and um, and that was I don't remember a poem before that like it was all stories and collages and dances it was someone you knew? Mm-hmm. yeah and it's funny because I, I thought about that since like huh what made me make a poem as opposed to a story and mm-hmm. I think it was the smallness like just making something small like something that was terrifying making it small Mm. I think I don't know if that's true. Wow. But you, I think I suspect, because I didn't write poems before. Yeah. Mm. And did you know that you had written a poem? Did you? Yeah, I think I. I mean, I was like, I have to write a poem about this, mm. and I wrote it on the. I mean, I think I can. I thought of it as a poem. Yeah. I don't, and I don't think I. I think I like folded it and put it somewhere. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. What? Do y'all remember your first poems? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, um, I was in fifth grade, and I was at a new school. I was 10, and I didn't like the school at first. I was, like, very grumpy. 10 was a big year. Like, I was in a new school. We just moved to a new house, and my grandma died. And it was, mm-hmm. like, all within a few months of each other. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, well, stuff. I don't know. <laughs> Everything is weird. And I was really bored in class. I get bored a lot. And um, I remember, like, this thing that my mom would always say, like, and she sounds very similar, actually, to how you describe your mom, about, like, there's so much stuff to do, <laughs> like, do mm-hmm. all the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, people would always comment on me whenever she would, like, bring me places or introduce me to her friends, she'd be like, oh, your daughter has good hair, like, is that good hair? And, mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the thing in black communities where you're just, like, perpetuating a lot of self-hate my mom would always be like what are you talking about like and mm. and she'd do it like real snide like and she'd be like what are, what are you talking i want to know what do you mean when mm. you say that and i always thought like man do i don't i like is it good is it not like what's going on but i finally got what she was talking about and i remember sitting in class and i was thinking about my mom saying that and i wrote this poem about hair about like mm. black girl's hair my hair for her and I remember like bringing it home and giving it to her, and she was so happy. She was like, wow. "Oh my god! Like you wrote this? Like wow. what do you mean?" She was just hyped. 
And I was like, oh, this feels real good. Like, <laughs> I'll, I'll do this shit forever. This is great. <laughs> that, that immediate validation. Do you remember any of the lines or anything? I don't. I, I remember at some point, like, writing about how, like, oh, no, it goes up. Like, isn't that crazy? And that's good. Like, I remember just thinking, mm-hmm. like, it's mm-hmm. good that our hair goes up. Like, that mm-hmm. it can grow up that way. Because mm-hmm. um, that's you get in the sky and like we we get to be sky people a little Mm. bit um so that was really fun i remember it being like in little little couplets it was like a pretty smart move for a 10 year old person like these should just go together like a couple times you know and i would like i would read poems from when i was really young because my parents there were these poetry contests at my elementary school Mm. and if you memorized the poem and recited it then like you could get an award and so i had done that for like a few years before that as a little person but this was the first time I was like it was that that thing of like no I have to write a poem about this Hmm. and I wonder what that call is like when you get that thought of like no the only way that I can write about this thing that's like turning over in my head Mm -hmm. and in my heart is like no I have to write a poem about this and it also came from that place of like I cannot be bored right now. Like I, I was gonna say, I so you were in a, you were in another you were in a class. I was so bored, yo. And we were mm-hmm. talking about like all I remember from that fifth grade class is like I loved my teacher. She was very sweet. Her name's Carla. Shout out to Carla. She's very good people. Um, but it was just a very boring like series of events you know I don't think there was anything that she could do about it. It was like it was like fractions. Fractions, and then it was like we learned about slavery a little bit. I remember that because mm-hmm. Kenny was real mad that I got really emotional watching this video about a book about slavery, mm-hmm. but I was upset because mm-hmm. I was like, "This sucked, Kenny." And he was like, "No, you're just like being too much." And I was like, "No, Kenny, like really, this was a bad time for people." And that's all I really remember of like fifth grade learning was like fractions mm-hmm. and light slavery education. <laughs> <laughs> so I would like bring whatever book I was reading and just like read it under the desk and you know it was a very big class wow. it was like 40 people wow. and so and I had been at a school before that with like 10 people per oh, class oh wow you know and it was like wow. very special like, very tiny at most 20 you know and you were with those people like year after year but then they were like no gotta go to this guy and there were two fifth grade classes so over next door is another 40 people also learning about fractions and slavery and it was just it was dull but I I think it also comes out of that place of like boredom can't be an option right now Mm -hmm. like I can't do it you know Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. um I think the first time I wrote a poem was in high school uh and it was like a very poor Sal Williams impersonation. It was like it did. <laughs> it was like it was like my best attempt to be as mystical as possible. Oh, uh, mystical. Yeah, and it was it was in it was like block form, and it was all in rhyme. Uh, and do you remember any lines? No, not at all. I just remember it was it was like it was like a Pedro Navaja story. There was like a character in it. Uh, with like glowing eyes and no shit. yeah and and but it was just like yeah anyway it was it was it 
those like hearing Sal on like deaf poetry and like we we had a poetry team at my school and like hearing uh like people my age say poems that was like the first time that I like thought that I I could like write as opposed to just listen like I've read mm. mad books but I like didn't I had no conception of how like I thought authors were just born like you were born and you know people like you just started writing books yeah Uh, 800 page novels yeah I had no idea how it happened and then when I I was like oh like my man's Tom Tom is writing a poem like oh I could (laughs) I could also write a poem you know like maybe I could also do this uh and so that that was like the first time that I that I felt like permission that I thought Mm -hmm. oh like I can do more than just like read and consume literature like maybe I could like maybe there's something in this world that I can make and flip around and turn I love that. did you share it with anybody yes oh I thought it was like <laughs> <laughs> I like have you seen my tattoo I was like everybody yeah I like it was it was for it was like our one creative writing unit and mm. and I got up and I like read it and my teacher was like oh this is this is pretty good. <laughs> Have you heard of the poetry slam team? Like you should go wow. check that out. And uh, I was too nervous. I didn't I didn't do it for like another year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I shared. I thought it was really great. Um, and then uh, and then I I remember going to the poetry slam team and like sharing work with the coach. And the coach was like, Yeah, yeah, this poem is terrible. <laughs> this poem is not good. But. But he was like, but if you want to, if you want to, like, write poems and you want to, like, if you're interested in, like, how to grow, yeah. like, you, you should come. That's good. Yo, I love that. I, lo- I love the, um, <laughs> even if it's not gentle, but just, like, the ways in which, like, our mentors have crafted saying, this is not very good right now. <laughs> like, you know, like, because um, then it, it makes, like, it makes it so deeply satisfying when you show them something and they're like I'm I'm moved like this is no longer about like can you write the poem you know it's not about you anymore like this thing that is of you mm-hmm. that you made I love it you know mm-hmm. I, I remember well John I'm pointing at John right now I remember um, mm-hmm. like you know coming to your emotional historians workshops mm-hmm. and like very immediately loving the space because you were just like, you know, if you could, you know, be a character in a movie, like what, you know, asking oh, yeah. these kinds of questions. And I remember like writing things and like, and this I think is a hallmark of any really fly mentor, but like I remember how you would like find a line. And, and I know in, in my practice of teaching now too and of reading anything, I'm like, if I could just find one line, like one thing that makes it happen for me. And you would find one and I'd be like, okay, that. You know, and it and it becomes like a map, and you can find mm. all the other lines. Mm. And I remember showing you like a short story I did, and you were like, "Yes, this is the guy." <laughs> I remember that. Yo, that, that was instantly. That? Yeah, I mean, I feel like you know, you have especially as a teacher, you have so much faith mm. in your students, but you also, you know, you haven't read the poems that they're gonna write in the future, mm. and so you have them Ooh. characterized in your mind as whatever they're putting out right then, you know, mm-hmm. and then you have this moment where somebody puts a poem in front of you and you're like like that's it you know like you see it (laughs) like you see them differently and they see themselves differently you know like 
I just remember that being a really powerful moment. That was a good day. Yeah. It was a very good day. I have a, so I have a question. This is a, maybe a strange question. But I've had two of your uh, I've had two of your poems on my mind for so long. And I've taught them a lot on kindness and uh, abuelo, mi muerto. Um, and like both of those poems are so, feel so concerned with um, like not just the people, but the stories who have come before you are like, I, I feel like we oftentimes see you as a writer very aware of grappling with and experiencing the mm -hmm. stories of chronologically before um, mm -hmm. and also recognizing the before in its presence in its mm -hmm. undeniable presence of the current and the now and the right in front of me or like this haberdashery mm -hmm. um, and I'm curious to hear you talk about like your relationship to reincarnation I know we've talked mm -hmm. about this a little bit oh, yeah. but it's so interesting to me especially at a time where you're now you know bringing new new lives into the world biologically hmm. um hmm. i remember we were, i don't remember when that was that we talked about it but we i were remember at you asking oh, that's right that's right um both times i've been taken aback by the question like i and i think um um to maybe not take my breath has been taken by the question. Um, I think I'm f interested that the, that word doesn't feel like a word I carry, mm -hmm. really. Um, and I, but and I'm interested in um, the ways that I'm interested in evolution and evolutionary processes and the ways. Um, like I'm fascinated. I, I think that if I had um, had a different experience with science when I was younger, um, especially biology, that I I would have studied like evolutionary biology or something. If I had mm. felt like there was a a way to access that, mm. um, or that my questions, I think the questions I've been really interested in forever um, have been about you know, how did we come to be here on a human level, but also just like, especially other kinds of animals. Um, and so I think a lot about um, like the stories we carry or the stories that my mother carries and then how she passes them down to me. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I'm interested in that I'm interested in like what happens, what can be passed on genetically, um, what we learn and like walk into, um, like inherit the things that we inherit. I'm interested in that, um, like historically, culturally. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if this. I don't know. I I don't have a belief in. Um, a consciousness manifesting again in another body, um, which is one of the ways that I think of reincarnation. Mm -hmm. But I do think a lot about, um, like, I, I look at my at Alam, my son, and I'm like, oh my god! Like, I can see, um, like, the way he holds his mouth or the way he, he 
um, when he's focused or something he does with his foot, he turns his foot in a little bit and I'm like, oh, that is so my dad or that is so my whatever. And I, 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 wow. I thought, it's funny because I'm interested in it, but I'm not, um, I'm not as interested in that as I've heard other people be about their kids, like seeing mm-hmm. the records of, of people who have come mm. before. Like, I'm kind of like, oh, wow, like, there's that. <laughs> but I'm not, um, I'm surprised by how not um, emotional I am about it. Or like, I kind of, I feel like having him, what I mean to say is I feel like my relationship to those kinds of noticings where you can see a kind of record um, of a gesture or something is interesting to me. But I'm also like, huh, like... I could love so many other things that haven't come from that too. Or I do mm-hmm. something like the the gene. I, I don't. It's a strange. It's a strange way to go. But I guess I'm thinking of like how I've heard people talk about their kids and say it's so amazing to see this this like continuum and to see my grandfather in him or to see. And I'm kind of like, oh, that's interesting. Um, and I. I'm pregnant, you know, I'm pregnant again, but I could also, I, I feel like the biological, what I mean to say is this, James Baldwin, when he talks about looking at his brother, I mean, um, and in his letter to his nephew, he talks about looking at his brother, and if you've loved someone for that long, like, then maybe you know something about effort, and mm. like, every time you hear, I hear him cry, I see all the cries he's cried before, and every time I hear him laugh, I hear all the laughters he's laughed before, mm-hmm. and there's something that I'm like, I am interested in some intellectual way about, in that continuum, but on an emotional level, I'm just like, wow, any person that you see from zero to one, or zero to two, or, and spend days walking side by side with, like, how could you not be all wrapped up in them, and like, mm-hmm. um, that's not necessarily about reincarnation, but um, I guess what I mean to say, it, it, yeah, it's not a, it's not a belief. I, be, I it's not a, it's not one of the ways that I carry or believe in how we're here. Is that? Yeah. I know I went in 16 directions. No, no, I don't think so. Like, I think about the way... I don't think it manifests that way in your work either. It feels mm. like it manifests as like a hawk in the mm. sky or a rooster crowing or like mm. a fish swimming by, not in this was your grandfather and thus mm. this is you. Like It, doesn't, it mm. makes sense mm. that that wouldn't feel like a way in which that happens. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Oh. And what I get from your work so much is, is like, less... I like how you say the records, like, the records of people, the records of you before you. But what I get so much from your work is just that, like, there's, there are so many bonds that we're choosing not to notice, you know? Like, between, mm-hmm. between me and the rooster, between me and, like, the dirt, mm-hmm. you know? That there's, like... I feel very much when I read your work that there's a relationship to everything, that mm-hmm. I have a relationship to everything, and then a responsibility to everything, mm-hmm. which makes it feel like, at first, like, ah, like, I shouldn't leave the house, like, I can't, I can't go, I can't go, I'm just gonna, like, no, but then, but then I'll feel like this tremendous connection, I'm just like, oh, yeah, I gotta go, and, like, nourish all these 
all these loves. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I remember this poet, Wendy Walters, I just saw her the other day. I hope it's okay to say this, but she was talking about her son and um, giving him the word brown to talk about himself. He's mm-hmm. young. and um, Or one of the words to talk about, to talk about himself. And how she um, wanted, with that word, she wanted him to have more kin. Mm. Like that was a way for her to give him more kin mm. than like only saying um, African-American and Jewish or only that, but that was somehow. And I was just, I was struck by that as a kind of purpose or intention yeah. of a way of thinking about kin. Um, there's something, yeah, something about what you just said made me think about that and especially in the absence of like I'm just thinking about distance and how far so much of my family has been for so much of my life mm-hmm. um, and like their migrations and mm-hmm. um, thinking that that was a that is a way to I think that we are each other I mean that we are each other's kin the trees make it but there's a, there's a way that I had to like remember in mm. a really intentional way um, or else I would feel just I think at sea like I kind of mm. think it was a kind of survival mm. you know yeah I think, I think back to what you said about your first poem about making something traumatic and scary really small, small. and the way mm-hmm. that like a poem can also like make these great distances really small uh-huh. like it can be contained like a poem can contain both Chicago and New York mm-hmm. and you know what mm-hmm. I mean it can mm-hmm. all live mm-hmm. in one place mm-hmm. and how maybe like that's the only place where that's possible where like those two places can coexist besides maybe like the body mm-hmm. you know um, mm-hmm. and how how and so powerful that is. Mm. You, when you were talking to about Chicago, it was making me think about simultaneities and mm. like I, I imagine that some we're, that maybe we're always aware of simultaneities, but there's something about moving to different places where I feel like at least I carry the simultaneity differently. Mm. Mm. Like, like I am here. Meanwhile, like I'm always like, okay, my mom's th- two hours, my dad's three hours, you know. Mm. Um, or what would my other doppelganger self be doing if I? Like it, it's yeah. just like, and I feel like poems and other ways make ways of making, but poems for sure are a way of holding many things that are happening and that are going in different directions. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, oh, is it 1.38? <laughs> it yeah. is. Would you like to share a poem? Or do we want more? What's, what do we I want? always just want more. I want more. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, every time. What about the question that we asked Patricia Which at one? the end? The one impactful story. Oh, true. I feel like this is your question, though. That's, how I've, that's how I've designated it. You know, I, I don't feel right asking this question. <laughs> Uh, although it's a pretty general question, we just asked like one, uh, just like one story in the last 20 years where you're like, this was a really impactful moment for me. Oh, wow. With Patricia, she got a couple minutes to think about it, mm-hmm. but I don't have any what, more baby stand up. What it... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't have any more baby stand up, you say? This is I have a stand up comedy routine yeah. based entirely on babies. Yeah. Oh wow! From the perspective of yeah. 
of a baby. Yeah, what? it's like a persona stand-up. <laughs> that you did? Brain. You did? You did you it while Patricia was thinking? Yeah. 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 It was a live show, so we had an audience. It was very good. Ooh. You killed it, though. I like, felt very good about it. You know, I don't think it was just good because of context or whatever. Like, I think standalone, it was a very good set of, like, 30 seconds of baby stand-up. Yeah, I fear to ever do it again, to be That's honest. Fair. That's fair. Can I see it? Can I listen to it? Um, is it on oh, the yeah. podcast? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's, it's, it's I'll not find it. it. We'll, I don't yeah. even know what that means. I'll we'll like, share it with you. <laughs> oh, it's, it's something else. <laughs> <laughs> and we've been with it. For so long. Yeah. Like for years, this baby stand up. That's true. It was nice and to it's see been it. funny all those years. It's been very funny. That's amazing. Wow. We weren't sure if it was funny to anyone else. Yeah. You know? we, we just knew it was funny to the three of us. Yeah. And, and John stepped up and, and shared it with us. Were you nervous for him? Am I nervous? Oh, I was Wait. very nervous. Yes. <laughs> I was like a lot of like. I was yeah. like, what if, what if, uh, what if it, what if it bombs? What if it bombs? And then also now I have poor sense of humor. No. <laughs> I was very selfish with my thoughts. Yeah. I, mean, I was like, sure what if my sense of we're so obsessed with humor. Come on. I love humor. You know. And also, like, do you ever sometimes just <laughs> love to have a meal, but instead just like want someone to just mush it up? You know? <laughs> <laughs> just like take care of. They're not carrots, like just like almost so that they're like the texture of saliva. <laughs> that's, just, I, that's my favorite way to eat most foods. Part of the joy of it is that the entry is just like, yeah. hey, you guys, like, don't, don't you just love? And it's out of literally nowhere. I remember the first time you were doing it, I was like crying. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought it was the most hilarious thing ever. Done. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that you like don't even know whether you need glasses? No. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? Nobody does. <laughs> My favorite part is you know what I mean? You ever wake up and just start yelling? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Just like <laughs> Just start yelling. You just started one day, you just started. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Yeah, so we're a podcast of stories, so just like something that happens. Um, um, gosh, um, I think all the time about who said effort earlier. Did you say effort? I think Aziza said effort. I did. I did. Yeah. Aziza gave us that word. Yeah, I I think all the time about um this belt. Sister Beth in St. Joseph's Ballet class and this friend of mine who I haven't seen in forever, um, my mom has seen her more recently, um, Sandra um, Trujillo, who um, was new to our ballet class. She could point her toe so beautifully, like super hot, like it was like almost hit, hit the floor when she was sitting mm-hmm. there. Um, and um, we were like instantly buddies and she lived down the street and our brothers were the same age so we would like there was one summer we played with a grocery cart and our brothers like the whole summer like it was just like we were the crew of four but i remember um she was new brand new she was learning i think i was like had been there for a year she had been there um and she maybe for a few months and something happened where i had to leave I think I, I broke my foot, and um, 
um, I remember coming back months later to ballet and she was the most amazing dancer. Like mm-hmm. she like she had just and it was in you know, she'd she'd been going and and I w- had been away so I could see this like leap, which was not a leap, it was like again, like these this work, this effort. And I remember um, thinking and I thought about it since then, like it's just there's no mystery. Mm-hmm. Like you just work. You just show up and practice and do and do and it was it was the first moment where and I was young I was probably like 10 or something and I just remember like that's it's that's it's that simple yeah. and look wow. it was like it was like walking away and someone's a caterpillar coming back and she was just like what you know yeah. <laughs> um Check out my new wings. yeah it was it was seriously and, and that, that being able to see for myself what work could do and she, you know and she kept on we both kept on and danced for a while but um, um I've thought about that like getting getting you know on the road to go to Hampshire to teach and just like you know like just you know just keep just one step one step one step and something about the, the immense about the beauty of effort itself mm-hmm. um is some is I think about a lot that's a story. Wow. That that's it's a story. story. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Will you share a poem with us? Oh, that's right. Yes. I would be honored. I um I wasn't prepared. So I have a I have a, an old poem. Yeah. 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 Love old poems. <laughs> Wait, so let's get the people at home. To make some noise here for a second. Listen, wherever you're at, if you're in the grocery store, you know what I mean? Maybe you're stocking up on some berries for the week. It's true. You know what I mean? If you are uh, on your way to work on the subway, wherever you are in the world, we need you to get real loud. You're on the sidewalk right now. You need to find someone to shake their hand. Okay. Listen, you need to, you need to share five. an earbud with somebody. Yep. Bring somebody in. Yep. Uh, put your hands together for the one and only Aracelis Girimai. Yeah! yeah. You. I feel like a joke should come after, like I should start reading somebody else's poem. <laughs> <laughs> On the idea of ancestry. Woo. Okay, this is called The Wood Lice. Thank you, guys. <clears throat> the beauty of one sister... Woodlice are roly-polies, by the way. Mm. The beauty of one sister, who loved them so, she smuggled the woodlice into her pockets and then into the house after a day's work of digging in the yard. And after the older ones of us had fed her and washed, she carried them into the bed with her to mother them so that they would have two blankets and be warm, for this is what she knew of love. (sighs) And the beloveds emerged one by one from their defenses unfolding themselves across the bed's white sheet like they did over 400 years ago, carried from that other moonlight, accidentally or by children, into the ship's dark hold, slowly adapting to the new rooms of cloths, then fields, and we, the elders to that sister, we having seen strangers in our house before, we being older, being more ugly and afraid, we began then to teach her the lessons of dirt and fear. 
Also, did you choose that before we even started talking? Yeah. So you had no idea that you were going to talk about roly-polies or (laughs) your sister digging? No. Wow. I'm so struck by we're more uh, older. older, More more ugly ugly. and full of fear. Oh, man. Hmm. Thank you so much. Yes. You guys yeah. so much. Oh where's gosh. the best place for the people to find your work? Uh, oh God. What do you mean? In the bookstore. Yeah, in the right? Um, no, I was going to say, I had a, um, a shot at a website, which was not a website, it was a blog. And I was posting different things, and then I stopped. So I felt like, <laughs> I met immediately, it's been like a year and a half. So there was that panic. Um, <coughs> um, yeah. Uh, there's some things online yeah. under my name, Anastasia Skirmite. And you have three books. And I have three, three. books. Yeah. Um, the Black Maria being the last one. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Go, listen, honestly, you, you've probably already read some of these books. If you're, <laughs> if you're a fan of our podcast, somebody's probably put one of these books in front of you. It's true. But honestly, if you've read one of them or two of them, go get the last one. Yeah. If you haven't read any of them, I mean, that's just really... You should probably just shut off the podcast. Yeah. I mean, you are clearly right. <laughs> uninterested in uh, things that are beautiful and nursing. Uh, so maybe you don't need this podcast. Maybe you're actually yeah. just not listening right now. <laughs> maybe you've not been listening. There's a 0% chance that you like this podcast and aren't going to be changed fundamentally yeah. by these books. I and mean, that's just the truth. It has to, it, you have to do it. Um, and if you want to find us, yeah, we are on Twitter at the Poetry Gods. Yeah, we are also where? Are, where else are we? We are. We're on, on email. We're on email. <laughs> you can where are we? At, we're on AOL yeah, Instant Messenger. Yeah. Email um, the Poetry Gods at gmail dot com. Yeah, you like uh, Facebook messages, right? No. Yeah. yeah. Please listen. Yeah, send if you want unsolicited Facebook, send John sends all the YouTube links. <laughs> I don't want to see that. I want to find them. I want to find them organically. Yeah. Come on. Just kind of say that I wouldn't click on it. I do. I'm, I know that hurt what, my feelings. Yeah, really I, I even send it to you. Yeah, a little bit. I don't. Well, listen. I just don't. You think that there's something about it, like hitting someone up on a private Facebook message who you don't know to be like, hey, here's my video. Like that's not a promotional. Uh, Space. Space, yeah, it's not a promotional space. space. I don't know. I don't, I'm, not, I'm on Twitter, but I don't know the rules of Facebook. When I get a Facebook message, I'm like, oh, exciting. Um, you know? I wonder who's... Re- oh. It's just for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kind of okay. like, like um, I remember feeling that way in like a little AIM chat room when I was like <laughs> 13, and like the person I liked would send me a message. It was like, uh, this is my secret message. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So when you fill it up with like, I just want something from you very overtly, I'm like, you're in my secret message space. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, But one thing we do want in our email is if you are, you know, some sort of event promoter or Mm -hmm. you go to a college or university and you want to put on a really interesting live literary event, we'd love to come to your school and interview any number of literary heroes for your student body. That would be a lot of fun. You should hit us up at email the poetry gods. 
at gmail.com. Gmail.com. <laughs> yes. Good job. Good job, Tom. I got, I got lost. I'm in the middle of petting my dog as I do this, and I'm just like, we're both in a state of rictus over here. Yes. Just like. Jose, you want to play a song? Yeah, let's, uh, let's hear the theme music and get out of here. All right. Woo! People see me, but they just don't know. That's what I told you, Cutter. People see me, but they just don't know. People see me, but they just don't know. People, 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 people